Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, a show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Death Note. Today we will be discussing episode 6, titled Unraveling. Okay, so this episode can essentially be divided up into two huge, game-changing meetings. One with the police force, uh, the task force, meeting L, And one with Light meeting Shokomaki, Ray Penber's fiancé. Now... We'll start with the task force meeting L, because A, that happens first, and B, that's been built up for much longer. Also, it's literally right where the last one left off. <laughs> so, the task force is in this hotel room with L, meeting L in person for the first time. And immediately, what stands out is that L's a goddamn weirdo. <laughs> He is a strange, strange man. He's just this weird, like, anti-social kid with, like, a t-shirt and jeans. Uh, He's sitting on the chair in this crouched position with his feet up on the chair. Uh, He's got, like, 50 sugar cubes in his tea. Uh, He's all disheveled. Like, he's just not what you'd expect <laughs> given the amount of build up that this guy has had uh but immediately he sets the task force down uh they go through everything they go through all the evidence they go through everything they know so far uh there's this great moment where the task the task force like just gives L all their names, and then L's just like, bang, you're dead. If I were Kira, you'd be dead. Don't give out your names so freely. He needs a face and a name. Uh, and then they sit down. They go through everything. Uh, by the way, L now demands to be called Ryuzaki. And L basically takes them through the timeline of the FBI agents showing up the fbi agents 
uh, timeline going through this, uh, this investigation that they were doing. And he basically lays out, like, this time between the 14th and the 19th of December, where Kira was most active. And, like, clearly, at some point in between this time, he became aware of the FBI agent's presence and was experimenting on people. And and was killing so many people in that time that people could not decipher, like, could not separate the guinea pigs from just random decoys. In truth, he probably only needed a few. And then... Like, a week or so after this period, all the FBI agents died. So, Kira has to be one of the people in that time span uh, that, were, that was being investigated in that time span uh, when he was at his most active, when he was experimenting, when he was uh, sort of testing things out and maybe got a little bit paranoid. Uh... L also suggests using the media. Uh, there's this great conversation, by the way, where the task force suggests not giving names out on the media anymore. And then L's just like, no, that'll put innocent people in jeopardy. Kira will lash out at that point. He hates to lose just like I do. Uh, and if we stop giving the major criminal names out, he'll start going for petty criminals or even innocent people just saying, oh, uh, I'm not evil. The people who are hiding the criminals are truly evil. Like, that's how he thinks. And L instead says, hey, say on the news that 1,500 agents are flooding Japan to search for Kira, and then he'll feel paranoid and cornered. And so we lay out all this stuff. Uh, L gives over some files that are not to leave that room uh, of everyone who is being investigated from the 14th to the 19th. That is basically the short list of Kira suspects. And then L says, "Hey, just an FYI, one last uh, measure to make sure no one in this room is Kira." I'm going to have to talk one-on-one with every single one of you before you leave. And so that's a thing, and that's happening. So uh, the meeting of the task force and L slash Ryuzaki, that's going well. That partnership's off to a good start. They're chugging along. They're doing this investigation. They're narrowing down the list of suspects on Kira. Meanwhile, Light, in the midst of just like going over and over and over and over and over again... The Ray Penburst saga. Just saying, okay, okay, okay. I need to make sure there is nothing overlooked. No oversight. Uh, there is no thing that I left out in the open. There's nothing that they can conceivably figure out to track back to me. All it takes is one tiny little thing. In the midst of all of this, he offers to bring his dad a change of clothes. Uh, And he takes a page of the Death Note with him, just in case. While dropping off the change of clothes, 
he meets Shoko Maki. Who is there saying, hey, I need to talk to the task force. I need to talk to them in person. I have information on the Kira case. And then Light immediately is just like, uh, okay, I need to deal with this right now. Uh, and, like, of course the task force is not there. They're meeting L. They're still in the midst of all that. Uh, so, Light, when giving over the clothes, just goes up to Shoko Maki and is like, hey, uh, so clearly... My dad, oh, by the way, I'm the son of Chief Yagami. Clearly my dad's not here. Clearly none of the task force is here. But eventually, my dad, uh, his phone's off right now. He's going to turn his phone back on uh, and he'll call me back. When that happens, I can give the phone to you and you can talk to him. But in the meantime, like... Let's get out of here. Let's talk a bit. Maybe you can tell me what you know, because I've helped out the police in the past. Uh, I've assisted on investigations in the past. Uh, maybe uh, maybe we can help each other. Yada, yada, yada. And Shokomaki falls for it. She falls for Light's charm. She falls for Light's... Excuses, she falls for Light's smooth talking. Like, Light turns on the charm, Light turns on the smooth talk, and, like, just ensnares Shokomaki right there. And then Shokomaki, they're, they're walking along. And Shoko just starts telling Light all that intel. Because she thinks she can trust him. Because he does such a good job of establishing his credentials, of establishing how quote-unquote trustworthy he is. Like, he lures her right in, and she starts unloading all this information she has. Uh, She starts saying that she suspects uh, that Ray Penber, her fiancé, came in contact with Kira. And that the bus jacking was done by Kira. Uh, The bus jacker, I should say, was controlled by Kira. And that she has deduced, and this is exactly what Light was worried about, that Kira can kill in ways that aren't a heart attack. Kira can kill with methods other than heart attacks. Which, if the police figure that out, Light's in trouble. If the police figure that out... Light is in a world of goddamn hurt. So, she keeps talking, and it's like, uh, so, Ray, after the bus jacking happened, uh, he started telling me the details, and he said he was put in a situation where he had to give up his identity. He had to show his ID. He had to give someone his name. Uh, and he wasn't allowed to do that. And I think whoever he gave his ID to was Kira. I think whoever he gave his ID to on that bus was Kira. And then that person killed him and all the other agents. And she's laying out this, uh, this, the case for Kira was on that bus 
Kira was on that bus. Kira was on that bus. Makes the case for Kira can uh, kill without a heart attack. And is laying out these like big Trump cards that if the police ever found out, Light would be in a whole world of hurt. And Light's just sitting there listening like, okay, okay, I think you're right. Your deduction skills are excellent. Just kind of like nodding along. Maybe occasionally he'll be like, uh, are you sure about that? Or like questioning a little bit just to make it just the tiniest bit organic, just to make it the tiniest bit believable. Like, see, this is so, this is such expert manipulation on Light's part. Like, he knows that everything she's saying is true. Every single word of it. But, he's not, A, he's not denying it outright. So, she completely trusts him because he's agreeing with her. But also, he's not immediately jumping on the, yes, you're totally right, bandwagon. So this feels natural. It looks to her like he's trying to piece this together. He's making sense of the information she's giving him in real time. So it looks like a normal interaction. It looks like a totally organic interaction. But the entire time, like, lights... Just thinking, all this is right. All this is correct. She nailed it. And it's just like, he's saying the exact right things at the exact right time. Just perfectly manipulating her into trusting him blindly. Like, it's just, it's perfect. And it's great writing. And it's it's excellent. It's excellent. It's excellent. It's excellent. Uh, and so, at, at like, the entire time is thinking, oh, God, that was close. Like, if, if she had gotten in touch with the police, it would have been over. So now, I gotta get rid of her. And that's where the episode ends, just in them continuing to walk down the street. Clearly, Light's got some plan to take her out. Clearly, Light's got something brewing to take her out. But we don't know how or when he's going to do that. Meanwhile... L and the task force are still collaborating and they're still uh, doing stuff. And it's a whole thing. It's a whole ass thing. Anyway, uh, great episode. Real, real good episode. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simplest just to push a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time. If you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing episode 7. Talk to you then. Hey guys, we have a lot of fun here discussing teenagers murdering people with magic notebooks. But while we sit talking about our favorite Japanese media, Asian Americans across this country are suffering from a monstrous wave of hatred, discrimination, and violence. This type of bigotry is nothing new. It's existed for, well, pretty much as long as America has been a thing. But it has increased dramatically 
over the past year in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic and the hateful rhetoric of former President Donald Trump. Average everyday Americans are being targeted every day for no reason other than the way they look, and they need your help. If you would like to help put an end to this horrific trend, please go to GoFundMe.com AAPI and donate whatever you can. That's GoFundMe.com AAPI. Thank you.